Hi, I'm Erica Darvis. Hi, I'm Amy Randolph. And you're listening to Podcast Rewind. We are two best friends talking hot topics and all of the podcasts that we're totally obsessed with. So come please be our friend on social media. You can find us at Podcast RWD on Instagram and Twitter. And then head over to Facebook and search Podcast Rewind. You can listen to our show wherever you're already listening to your favorite podcasts. Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever that is, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe because we need your stars to keep this show going. Cheers. Cheers. Let's talk podcasts. Welcome back. I'm Amy Randolph, one of your co-hosts of Podcast Rewind. I have Erica Jarvis, my other co-host with me. Yeah, you do. What's shaking, lady? Uh, shaking like bacon is um, a not a whole lot, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I don't know. I forgot who I was. Everything just dissolved, <laughs> fell, out. fell out of my brain. Well, like we were talking earlier, it is such a Tuesday. Totally. I mean, from the hours of 11 to 2 today, I was like, I've lived a thousand lives. And then I was like, oh, four hours went by. I'm like, is yeah. it not 9 p.m.? I don't know. Do we say this every week? It feels like it's been a long oh, week. Dang. It's Tuesday, lemon. Right. I don't know, but yeah. This is this week, our shtick? I guess. Should we improve upon? Is if it's it not cute? the weather, if it's not the weather, it's us complaining about that corporate nine to five lifestyle. Yeah. Is this serving us or? I follow a lot of bloggers that always offer up ways to like improve your productivity during the day. Mm-hmm. They're like, time batch. Like, put into your calendar that you're doing this workout at 11 o'clock in the morning. Journal. Meditate. And I'm like, I am in the middle of, like, four projects. I have one meeting. And in that meeting, I'm like, yeah, on it. But in my head, I'm like, did you send a meeting out for the other project you're working on? And these girls are time batching a workout at 11 o'clock in the morning. And Mm -hmm. I eat lunch at (laughs) 2.30 because I have so much to do in my life. Like, I wish. I feel like in my role, when people time batch, I'm using air quotations. Uh In reality, they're just blocking out their calendar so people can't invite them to more meetings. (laughs) And I did it. Today and yesterday in like four hour chunks. I do that when I have legit work I have to get Mm -hmm. done and like I don't have time to go to your bullshit meeting. Yeah. I do need to sit at my desk, plug in a podcast Uh and not be bothered by (laughs) y'all. I'm in a really open like floor plan, very Google-esque like. Ooh, the Googs. The Googs. And the problem is like sometimes someone needs to make a phone call and they're sitting next to you and it's loud and it's like well if you're going to be on the phone for longer than five minutes you should take yourself to a quiet room and hold that call there I am cranking music in my ears because I'm trying to focus on my work and not hear about what the other person is doing and have that infiltrate my brain and while I kind of dig the open vibe and it doesn't bother me it's every now and then I'm like I cannot turn the Spotify up louder (laughs) like and it is just blaring in my ears and I right. just I'll sometimes take myself to a quiet room to do work yeah I don't work in a bullpen yeah. situation but my building is really weird it has a really high ceiling the building that I work in so not all of the offices have ceilings yeah. on them so we have half walls all around so while I have an office with a door and I don't have to look at others <laughs> I can still hear that's ideal for you to not have to look at each Others. It's preferable, to be honest. 
but I can hear everything else uh-huh. that people around me are doing. Um, so it's hard to gossip in my office, uh-huh. by the way. But today, I will say somebody was doing the number one office no-no. I know what it is. They were no, it's not a teleconference. Oh, okay. Taking a conference on speakerphone in an open air office is, is it, the number one no-no. It's aggressive. The number two no-no is playing music at your desk without your earbuds oh. in. So I was sitting and working today, and I start hearing some horrible, like, whiny man singing. Like, some (laughs) shitty pop. I don't know what it was. but And also, the directionality is weird in my office because our ceiling is actually tin. Uh It's a long story, you guys. I worked in that building before. It's terrible. But sound bounces weirdly. So you could hear a conversation that's being had for, like, 50 feet away from you clearly just based on, like, echo Uh and audio patterns. So whoever was playing this music, I I don't know where it was, but it was hitting me directly. So I got up and I went on the hunt. And I'm like, you know, um, in the movie Hocus Pocus, when the witches are hunting a child and they do that, like, like, I was walking down the halls like, where is that music? It must stop now. Did you find it? No. Oh, no. That's terrifying. I gave up and went back to my desk. Eventually, somebody else must have gotten to them, like maybe a next door yeah. neighbor. But. That happened when I worked in the same building as you, gosh. A decade ago? Uh, almost a decade ago. And I you came flying over to my cube and you're like, do you hear that music? I'm like, yeah, what <laughs> is that? And you and I went on a hunt and it was someone's screensaver played music. And it was like tropical I, music. It wasn't terrible, but what, it was just like... What is that? One of those terrible screensavers that people were downloading in the mid aughts. Uh-huh. Yes. That was just, it was like a Margaritaville. Like yes. she had probably just gone on vacation yeah, to a jealous. Margaritaville, <laughs> yes. downloaded the screensaver to remind her of her great trip. <laughs> but she's like in a meeting somewhere and no one can unlock her fucking computer. Yes. I think we had to, like, turn down our speakers or do something because we could not break into this woman's computer. Oh, yeah. It was murderous. It was so (laughs) funny. Oh, well, you know what I like to do? What is that? When I'm feeling murderous? Yeah. Drink. All right. So, Amy, welcome to the next segment, Drink of the Week. Yay! When exactly do you not like to drink? I mean, you're not always murderous, and I see you put a few back. (laughs) When do I not like to drink? Probably between the hours of 9 to 5 because it is illegal in the workplace. Yeah, that's for your best. But Mm -hmm. do you often find that, like, when meetings are going crazy and there's, like, a deadline, someone's always like, well, it's too early to drink, am I right? We all make that terrible joke together. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Oh, wouldn't this meeting be better with a mimosa? <laughs> like, Karen, you don't drink. <laughs> we're, we Shut think up. we're funny, but like we need to make a joke. Because then you're also gauging your coworkers if they're like, oh, actually, I'm not a big drinker. You're like, well, then you're not my friend. Well, I didn't ask you to happy hour in me <laughs> way. Right? So, Amy, what are you drinking tonight? <sighs> Nothing to write home about. I'm having Pinot Grigio. Uh, that I bought at 7-Eleven. Oh, the 7-Eleven Pinot Grigio varietal. I'm bummed, though. Yeah. Because I went to the 7-Eleven knowing that it doesn't have the greatest beer selection in yeah. Orlando. But I was swore I could have gotten an Oktoberfest or a pumpkin mm. head. I was feeling a fall beer tonight. It's a little breezy. It's straight up September now, <laughs> you know. And so I wanted to have a fall beverage, but they didn't have anything there. So I settled for the... 7-Eleven brand. You know what? Vino. In a pinch, it'll work. It's got alcohol in it. It does. What are you having? I'm having Oyster Bay 
Sauvignon Blanc. You love this one. I do. And I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you pronounce it oyster or oyster? Oyster. There's not an S or I mean an H in the spelling. Noticed on this season of Southern Charm, mm-hmm. Charleston, they kept talking about oysters a lot. And oysters. I was, oysters. But doing it so fast, I'm like, am I hearing a shh in there? I think I am. And Oyster. So, Is that, okay, let me try it. You love when I do accents. In my Southern drawl, is it an oyster or an oyster? Well, that was a terrible, I, I had it at first, <laughs> I lost it. To be fair. Everything about that was bad. You've done better. I can do you better. You can do better. No, I don't know if it's I a draw thing or you, I say oyster too. Yeah, we also learned last night I say Jaeger weirdly. You say Jaeger. I say Jaeger. Like Kegger like and eggs. <laughs> yeah. I was going like, to blame that on the few years I lived in Pittsburgh. Yeah, she was telling me a story about Jaeger bomb shots, <laughs> but she was like, yeah, they pour the Jaeger and they put the Jaeger in the Red Bull. And I was like, I'm sorry. Are you saying Jaeger wrong, or did you drink some weird off-brand in college? I was like, oh, no. I say that wrong. It turns out. And then you're like, Jaeger? I'm like, no. I was like, I can't do it. I can't. Well, because, yeah, so there's not. a hockey player in Pittsburgh, Yammer Jaeger. Yeah, I was sure, like, blame it on Jaeger. Mm-hmm. Sure. He's not there anymore. It's fine. I think it's Sidney Crosby. I don't like hockey. <laughs> so fuck them all. Fuck it all. That's funny. Thank you. All right. Um, I think yes that we should talk about what we are obsessed with this week and i'd be like why are you so obsessed with me i think that is a great idea so may i please do take the floor of course ma'am tis yours thank you as of last thursday my obsession of the week was pre-planned in my head Oh, you thought ahead. You were prepping for the show. Oh, prepping. Save that word for later. Mm -hmm. You might have an inside info here. Um, I think the listeners know that they've been on my hair journey in the last nine months. Mm -hmm. I went from what I really thought was my perfect blonde highlight. Yes. And I had crushed it over the winter. It was perfection. You are an icy, beautiful blonde. (laughs) Thank you so much. And then... I did a thing and dyed my hair dark red. You sure did. And it was fun. Yep. And I kept it up, but I just felt so not me. Yeah. And it's so important that, you know, you always feel your best self. And while others said that they loved it, that didn't mean I loved it. And so, yes, you and my best friend, Nicole, were right. And I should, and my mother, should run straight back to being blonde. Yes. So I did a little bit of a, I'm getting their highlight about maybe eight weeks ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And I gave myself like those eight weeks. Normally, I go like twelve weeks without going blonde, but I went because yeah, it. Well, a highlight is expensive. It is expensive, and it's just straight bleach on your hair. Yeah, not great. So I went back and I showed April a photo of myself, and I was like, "Take me back to this girl." And she did, and I'm so happy to be back blonde. It was, you know, like this is my obsession. I've got this. And then my weekend took a nosedive into mm. some kind of territory, y'all. Mm-hmm. Come along. <laughs> oh, boy. I, on Saturday, was doing a bunch of stuff around the apartment. I was being super productive. And, like, I don't Marie Kondo, but, like, I clean out pretty frequently. And I just got, like, a bug up my butt about doing some cleaning. And then I was like, you know what? I deserve some cheap wine. I'm going to Trader Joe's. So, hello, TJ. Hello. So I take my butt to Trader Joe's, make a nice little hefty purchase, get in my car, and it's dead. And it's a brand new battery. 
Right. So, so not a bad And it's problem. also 105 degrees out. I'm in like a black shirt. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, and if anybody has a Trader Joe's in their town, it is imperative that a Trader Joe's also is attached to the worst parking lot situation in the world. It's insane. It, they think that everybody is driving a smart car because Trader <laughs> Joe's can be a little judgy pants yes. like that. But this is uh, the South, and most people drive F-150s. <laughs> right? So there's these tiny little compact car-only spots, yes. and you're lining up six trucks. And even though you drive a sedan, I drive a small SUV. Yeah. You cannot swing into those fucking little spots. Right? Yeah. No, my Elantra, I can, like, swing around pretty well sometimes, but, like, backing out, there's ten cars waiting for you. It's oh. just... And then our Trader... It's like anarchy sometimes anarchy. in that parking lot. Our Trader Joe's is also next door to um, a pretty cool restaurant, Slate. Mm-hmm. And so if you do Trader Joe's like 9 in the morning, you're fine. But if you're like me and it's a quarter to 6, it is now a parking lot full of people trying to go to dinner and have drinks as well as go grocery shop. Plus that restaurant valets. Yes. So they cut off a huge section exactly. of that parking lot. It's and insane. Because they think they're bougie. It's the part yeah. of town that's a little bougie. It's super bougie. And here I am having a full mental breakdown that my car has died. Right. And the same uh, Dr. Phillips people are like watching you crying <laughs> in the parking lot, going into sleep for their happy hour. So many men walked by with their girlfriends and they're like, hey, are you are you, are you you okay? Do you need anything? And I'd be like, the car broke down. I'm waiting for AAA. And their girlfriends would be like, come. <laughs> like, I'm not, we'll buy you drinks, sweetheart. No, no. They were like telling their boyfriends, like, get over here. And I was like, no, no. We're, I'm not. Um in a place to hit on your boyfriend right now, ma'am. So, long story short, I... Your girlfriends didn't want them to help you? Yes! Oh, my God. Dr. Phillips, women... Sorry, listeners, but... But they can be... Like, yeah, can be kind of shitty. Women helping women. Come on, women. None of us are free until we're all free. (laughs) That, too. It's my favorite feminist phrase. So, long story short, I now am a proud member of AAA, now that I've purchased that. Um, That's good. That's the... It's always helpful. Um, Our best friend, Beth, was... Kind enough to be my boober, my Beth Uber. And she came, she picked me up, she waited for the tow truck with me. I bought her copious amounts of gin and tonics. Like you do. Like you do. My car got dropped off. I got a call from them today that my extended warranty covered everything. I have some recalls that have been taken care of. My car starts perfectly now. Something about a sensor and a computer and a motor and words. I forwarded it to my dad and was like, we're good. I'm doing the shrug emoji. I mean, I hemorrhaged money this weekend with... Groceries that sat in a car for five hours, buying drinks, rental car, triple A, but all in all, with like all my extended like warranty, I saved myself six hundred dollars on my car. So my obsession is buy the fucking extended warranty because you do not know if you're gonna need it. And I have a couple of times now. Okay. Lesson lesson to all. Lesson to all. Extended warranty and I have my car back, so. Well, going back to your original obsession with your new blonde hair, Mm -hmm. my obsession this week is also beauty-related. Yes. I started doing a really weird thing that I love. Okay. I bought this tool Uh that is um, a torture device. Yeah? Uh, Worse than an ice roller? Um. yeah, when I when, the way that you, I will explain it to you. Sure, it's going to sound worse than an yes. ice roller. So you know how, like back in the medieval times, they would have that ball with all these spikes sticking yeah, out of and it, beat and you beat it. people with, which you know that hurts. That's and got to them. hurt, right? Right. If you anybody said to you, like, let's take this ball and put a whole bunch of needles on the outside of it and roll it up and down your face, what would you say? 
I'm psycho, and I think I would be like, <laughs> but what happens when it's done? Okay. How great do I look? Well, look at me. I'm a young being. Yeah, so you just really uh, stole my thunder oh, on that. <laughs> but you know we think torture is beauty. Yes, exactly. So I bought this thing called a micro-needler. Uh-huh. And it does have these tiny, itty-bitty little needles all on the outside of this little cylinder. And it's got a little handle on it. And you roll it up and down your face, and it's supposed to penetrate your skin but not hurt you or make you bleed or anything. And it's supposed to, theoretically, rejuvenate the collagen in Mm -hmm. your skin so that it plumps back up and fills in wrinkles. Yes. So every morning, I'm up in here jabbing my face (laughs) with this micro-needler. And I've yet to see results, but I do love taking a risk for beauty. Yes. And, like, I'll report back, but I'm kind of obsessed with – and I've also – I've got a couple new other products in my routine Uh that I won't bore you with. But my new morning routine is kind of my obsession and stabbing myself with needles in the name of beauty. I – listen, you know I love Botox, so I think that there's (laughs) nothing wrong with any of that. Um. I've heard about microneedling for years. I just I thought you had to go to an esthetician. I did, and I'm sure that the ones that the estheticians have are probably way stronger. Sure, and this is the at home version. But mm-hmm. I also want that Nurse Jackie roller. That's like a jade roller, but it's really thin and it's got little balls at the end oh. that um, are dull, but it's supposed to kind of like beat up your skin and your face a little bit and help tone and like well, is it a drain lymphatic. Lymphatic drainage. Yeah, but exactly. better than like, you know, a rose quartz that, you know, has healing powers. I do have a jade quartz roller. Yeah. That I I forget to use. I keep it by mm-hmm. my bed, and I usually am like friends. And <sighs> when I get in bed, yeah. But um, I have sat before, especially if I'm a little impacted in my sinuses, yes. to take that with jade my allergies, roller. It's great, and just sit in bed and break put, it up. Put a little serum on first, and then just sit and roll that thing over your sinuses and under your chin. Those yes. glands that swell under your chin. It's honest to God, it does something. And because I've tried a couple weird things like that, like rolling something on my uh-huh. face and I see a difference, I'm like, yeah, let's try needles. Let's right? do it. Whenever I do that kind of stuff in the morning, I can feel my face draining and I'm like, <laughs> like you, you're choking on like the gross stuff. Guys, welcome to Podcast Rewind. We're now a health and wellness and automotive podcast. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Skinny Confidential, now being hosted by Amy Randolph and Erica Jarvis. Well, she's pregnant, so someone's got to take over. Oh, can she stab her face with needles pregnant? I, have, I don't know. You know what she would do it in the name of, like, beauty, <laughs> as well as to help other mothers learn. Would she stab her baby's face with needles? Uh, probably not. Let's not accuse her. Let's not, by any means. So, guys, as we transition, you know, last week we didn't have a full show. In fact, we um, kind of came to you from post-Hurricane Dorian in Orlando. It wasn't post yet. We were waiting for the storm we that never the... So, peaked. yeah. Now, it well, never climaxed. It never climaxed. And well, not here in Orlando. Yeah. So what I was going to say is while we were fortunate enough to get away from it, like we mentioned, the Bahamas was unfortunately destroyed and our friends to the north in North Carolina got quite a lot of rain and yeah. tornadoes and flooding. But we just, you never know what's going to happen with the storm. So we just thought we'd hop on, give you our little updates, vent, and let you know how we were doing as well as like our hurricane prepping. But all of the hurricane prepping we were doing kind of made us think that there's a lot of other prepping out there. Yeah. And, you know, with her, we were talking about last week, hurricane or Floridians are hurricane warriors. 
And um, when we do get scared enough, like we were for Dorian that was projected to hit us straight, mm-hmm. we really start having a lot of conversations. Oh, every coworker that you run into, the clerk at 7-Eleven, everybody is asking about your preparation yeah. and giving their own tips and tricks. And so we were talking about prepping incessantly last yes. week. And then Erica and I, while we waited for that storm, uh-huh. um, were starting to talk about the broader concept of doomsday prepping. Yeah, because my aunt's now ex-husband was a huge doomsday prepper. Yes, you told me this. He had like Run a it place down. out in Texas and kind of had, I almost think like a freight train, like cargo. A secret. Um, not a seat, maybe no. a secret. They said a freight train, so I didn't know if he just had oh, like, like a, a train car, took a train oh. car, and just was like loading it up all of the time. And it was like well outside of their town of San Antonio. And I was like, that's fucking crazy. I knew a guy at work who always had a bug out bag in his car and also believed in taking, and this is fucked up, fish medication. So, like, if he thought he had a cold coming on, he would take fish antibiotics because you, you would buy like those. No, no, fish antibiotics. Like for for sick fish. Yes. No. Yes, because that's things you can buy like at PetSmart. (gasps) And so he would just like 18 times the dosage for his like six foot body. And I was like, I need you to know, I think you're such a smart person in the office. But externally. (laughs) I have questions. I don't know if I can be seen with you. And so I kind of know people that do prepping that we just like laugh at. And it's. Yeah. Taken on this kind of conspiracy theory, and the prepping that is out there is feels cuckoo bananas. So there is a reality show about uh-huh. doomsday preppers called "Wait for it, Doomsday Preppers," <laughs> and it's on the stop it. You must be lying. <laughs> I wish I were. <laughs> But it's on the National Geographic channel, which we don't get, because I really wanted to watch some episodes this week. But we'll get it with Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah. Yes. yes. Well, I did watch some clips. (laughs) I did watch some clips, though, and it is those, you know, backwoods, redneck, shirt unbuttoned down to the navel, you know, some sort of MAGA or um, U.S. Navy hat. U.S. Navy hat. Yeah, same military. Like that, yeah. Not going to put it down the military, no, God, but no. some military hat on. And I got my guns and I got my cans of beans and no one's coming here on my property. You know, like <laughs> the accents are back. <laughs> You're welcome. Rewinders, it's all for you. You know, I also, I was kind of into this series of fiction books I was reading on my Kindle Uh for a little while about this woman who grew up in, like, backwoods Washington State. Yeah. Which turns out a lot of preppers and ranchers who have now become preppers Uh um, are in that Washington State, Oregon area. I have another podcast to talk to you about later um, that kind of talks about that type of stuff, but not prepping, so... Anyway, um, but in this fiction series, this woman was from this small town where um, there were some groups that allied and prepped together, and they were outsiders, but they were all preppers. They all believed in some sort of government anarchy and or natural disaster, and, you know, in the book, she, like, gets out, and she becomes an investigator in Seattle, and then, you know, there's some hometown uh, murder that happens back in her prepping town and she gets pulled from the FBI to go like help out with that. Um, but 
reading those books and how intricate they were talking about the stockpiles and like the um, almost OCD style of organization yeah. and their bunkers, all of the cans face the same way. The ammo is all stored over very here. Very like extreme couponing. Yes, very much. And um, anyway, so basically when I thought of a doomsday prepper, I thought of somebody who was a little bit off their gourd, probably have some, uh, you know, alt-right <laughs> think think thoughts, and w w somebody that I would call a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, and that's exactly what I thought as well. So when we dove into this, we were looking for other podcasts to kind of learn from. So think back to our Intel episode where we did the dirty work for you and listened to like, pods by people who identified as somebody in an incel. We listened to podcasts by people who identified as preppers, and I think we both listened to Surviving the Modern World with Jason Wood. I listened to as much as I could of that, of that first episode. Yeah. I get far. I listened to his episode, Bug Out, Bug In, because turns out there's different versions of bug out bags. One so is really do you, use that term then, bug yeah. out. Uh -huh. One but. is you plan on staying inside your quarters, so you bug in. But if you're going to go out and try to survive in the world, you need a bug out bag. And oh, okay. I, and I will say you were right. When you talk about this, like, um, government breakdown, and he feels really strongly, um, and I'm going to also preference real quickly to not listen to him or give him any airplay. He no. says the R word too many times and doesn't have much respect for many people, so I didn't really appreciate that, but he believed that the government will implode and it will be due to the Democrats because Democrats want to take away the Second Amendment, and the only way to do that would be to take America back down to, like, the... 1700s level and then rewrite the constitution and i think he could not be further from the truth exactly but there is this true belief that like the government is out to get us yes he did have a very maga oriented but man he also had shit for audio and used a hotmail account so i really had questions right <laughs> so the podcast i was um Hinting at before, and it's not necessarily about prepping, but the podcast is called Bundyville, mm -hmm. and it's by, uh, I think it's a Wondery podcast. I think so, too. And she, it's a journalist who's actually investigating the standoff at the Bundyville Ranch back in 2004, and then there's a follow-up because there's another situation that happens in 2016, so she now has two seasons, which I just listened to within the last week and a half, and those folks are, are the ranchers, and they're more about um, self-governance. They believe that they are sovereign uh -huh. and uh, had a Waco-style standoff with the government, yeah. but they have a lot of the same philosophies as the preppers. Um, I also listened to a podcast by self-proclaimed preppers called yeah. Prepping Academy, two guys who are both preppers, and they're giving tips and tricks, and these are the guys that really are talking about how to stockpile yep. as much food as possible in your bunker, how to stockpile guns and ammunition, and the funny thing, it not funny, yeah. but they're also trying to talk about how to do it on a budget, because it right. can be very expensive to build your bunker in the middle of nowhere and buy a large amount of armed weapons. Um, yeah. So... That, and that's what this was, too. Yeah, you know? and I will also say Prepping Academy, terrible audio. Yeah. I am not promoting them in any way no. other than the fact that I use the title of their show, which 
I don't know, whatever. Well, we but, needed to understand what they were thinking. And so we we decided we were going to do this prepping show for this week. So the first thing I did, like I did for the Flat Earthers and like I did for the incels, was I have to make sure I listen to both sides and not just people that are making fun of the conspiracy theory. Yeah. So I did search out those two podcasts yeah. and listen to them. And the first thing I wrote down was, why do they always have shit audio? That's like, what I mean. Shit if you had audio. an amazingly produced podcast, yes. I am so much more. And look, we're self-produced. Yeah, you know, but, we're trying to get but, better audio, so we turn the fan off. So we're sweating for y'all. <laughs> we are. We, but you know, we try, and you know, both of those shows, like, there's no uh, arc, there's no show flow. No, it's it's some bigot, it's rambling. It's bigots rambling on a mic. Yes, and it reminds me a lot of the Flat Earthers where. When I was listening to this one and Jason was like, listen, I've read a lot of books on this subject. I'm thinking to myself, here we go. A flat earther is a flat earther because he watched a YouTube video for eight hours straight and now is smarter than an actual NASA (laughs) astronaut. And so this guy is like, listen, I read a lot of books. I mean, are they fiction? Yeah. But like, this could happen. And you're like, I'm like driving. I was like, what? I read fiction Two, the meet cute I'm thinking that's going to happen in my head at Publix, though, isn't going to happen because I, I read books. Say, you read fiction books. Say that again, but slower. Please. Those were fiction. Uh, and so, be- it's mind-boggling. Yeah. And so, these preppers, too, they have, there are different versions of what the apocalypse is. Yeah. So, you know, I think these backwoods guys... They're thinking about a, a government apocalyptic situation or yeah. some sort of anarchy situation. But there are also people that believe that we're going to have another plague uh-huh. soon. And this also kind of ties to this obviously fictional zombie apocalypse that some people are literally afraid of. Yeah. And I, when I was listening to Prepping Academy and reading up on some things, I started to question if the TV show The Walking Dead... M- made a problem. I think so. So they were even mentioning The Walking Dead in Prepping Academy. Yeah. And talking about... They weren't... I I hope at least they weren't talking about literal zombies. I think and I hope that at least they were trying to reference some new disease that would make people essentially rabid and attack each other zombie-like. Yeah, we did have that. It was called bath salts, and then they went away really fast. (laughs) That was a drug. It wasn't a disease, but I hear you. still, do you know what I mean? And like people yeah. were going like, oh shit though, like this could be like That's a problem. the start of something. Like these people are going crazy pants. Yeah, but so yeah. I never watched The Walking Dead. Uh, no, it's not my entertainment. Right. But like I think from what I've heard, I pay attention to pop culture yeah. enough. I'm pretty sure that there was a big emphasis that, you know, some sort of disease broke out. Yeah. They made people zombies, and then they were biting each other and creating more zombies. Yeah. So the people that were still human were trying to fight off the zombies, yeah. and all of their survival tactics included things like have a motorcycle so that you don't get stuck in traffic. Oh, um, yeah. Have a bug out bag with weapons. Have certain sort of weapons that will work on these zombies. Yes. Do the kind of thing where if even if it's your best friend, if the zombie bites him, put him out of his misery because he's going to zombie out. Honestly, nothing would give me more joy than to just... Right? And and being skeptical (laughs) of everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Because you don't know who's about to turn and you don't know, you know, who's on what side. So this, like, Mm self-preservation, shoot before asking. Yes. 
again, not having seen the show, I'm sorry if there are any Walking Dead fans out there that are screaming, yeah, that we're butchering it. But I kept hearing the Walking Dead being brought up over and over again in articles and in podcasts about prepping. And I was like, shit, did this show accidentally pander to people that already had bad ideas and maybe we're seeing what we saw with incels and flat earthers they get on message boards and start talking about the walking dead and all of a sudden it morphs into they become preppers totally and they're spinning it all up because they're in these dark corners of reddit yes talking about this agreed and then you made me watch a Interesting video. Yes. And we're from the New York Times. The New Yorker. The New Yorker. Oh, even better. We have a subscription to that now. True story. Um, but while we don't believe that the Walking Dead scenario is ever going to happen, there are other apocalypses that were brought to our attention and possibilities in this video. So one mainly being Mother Nature. Yeah. Because if you think about it, the meteor that hit the Earth Millions of years ago that took out the dinosaurs. About is, 60 million. Is mm-hmm. considered an apocalypse. Yeah. Everyone was extinct for the most part. Yep. And that could happen again. Now, we also know, what's that movie from the 90s where um, Matt Ben Affleck goes up and they try to stop a meteor from hitting Earth? Oh, yeah. I don't want to miss a thing. Don't want to miss a thing. Oh, my God. I love that movie. <laughs> It's not Armageddon. Pop- Armageddon. So we know about Armageddon. Yes. <laughs> that obviously will how we work. But <laughs> if you think about it, <laughs> when Hurricane Katrina hit, mm-hmm. that was baby apocalypse for New Orleans and a lot of southern towns. People were without for so very long. And it took, I would say, a decade for anybody, for some people to come back up on their feet and being prepared for those kind of Right. Mother Nature moments. So that New Yorker video, I watched it yesterday and then made you watch it yeah. last night. One of the things that freaked me out about it was that it pointed out that the United States of America had is in the top five in the world for facing the worst types of natural disasters. Uh-huh. So, for instance, we experience, we experience hurricanes. Yep. Uh, we experience wildfires. We have tornadoes. We have volcanoes in certain parts yep. of the country that are active and erupt. We have earthquakes out on the West Coast. We have polar freezes in the wintertime. Yep. We have mudslides. We have mudslides. There are a lot of natural disasters that can cause massive um, loss of life and property. Yeah. And here's the thing. Those are global, I mean, um, uh, lo- local disasters. Yeah. So we started, you and I started to talk about like, you know, and the video suggested in those local types of disasters, other uh, parts of the country or in parts of the world even will come in with supplies. Yes. So if you think about a natural disaster like a hurricane, have between 72 and 96 hours of preparation is just not a bad idea because it's not a true apocalypse scenario. No. You're not going to be starting a new civilization now. Yeah. You just need to wait until somebody's going to come rescue you. Exactly. Though the, what I thought was scary and interesting in that video is they talked about how we have been made to believe that the government should save us uh-huh. or charity should save us in those scenarios. And FEMA in particular, we already know is not crazy reliable, but their resources are getting stretched thinner and yep. thinner all the time. And but but it also suggested that people are becoming less self-reliant and less prepared for disaster because they believe the government should yep. come in and save me. And the government is running out of some of their resources. Yeah. 
So like, especially like, um, ment- uh, not mental, uh, medical facilities uh-huh. are like, you guys have to be prepared to take care of the people in the hospital for a while. Yeah. It was almost like they mentioned in the video that those are the locations they would kind of get to last mm-hmm. while they're trying to get to everyone else. And I mean, if you think about it, I think since Hurricane Katrina, FEMA has been stressed. Yeah. And because of climate change, global warming, whatever you want to call it, because it's real, these disasters are happening more frequently, whereas I think back in the day, not so much. And so FEMA could jump out there and help. But now it's like every time we turn around, we're still recovering from Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico. But like they also pointed out in the video, there's a lot more access to communication and media about those disasters. So it creates a lot more anxiety Mm -hmm. rather than getting, you know, little bits of information or no information at all about, say, the tsunami in Thailand in 2004. Yeah. But because we all knew about it right away, the anxiety. Now, thankfully, it also means that we can be charitable to parts of the world where we may not have known something was even happening. Yeah. But it creates this certain amount of anxiety. And then the people who are maybe a little bit more anxious than others are starting all this like kind of insane prepping. Yeah. And I think the biggest takeaway that we had with watching that video was the people who were talking about prepping, there was like, you know, some professors, there were people who were holding true nine like a, to five corporate an jobs. An NYU professor who goes out into the like upper, uh, like upstate New York on the weekends and practices like setting up his shelter yeah. with his like other prepping buddies. Yes. But he's a normal dude, you guys. And that's what we were finding out that there are people out there who are preppers. Like I mentioned my colleague from a few years ago who was, you know, coming to work every day and doing software design. But yep. then making sure he had a bug out bag at all times and that we're wrong. People who are preppers are not necessarily this as we joke around that tin foil hat conspiracy theorist. Yeah. But speaking of normal people And a different kind of an apocalypse, there's also this fear out there of a cyber hack apocalypse. Yes. That cyber hackers could hack into the grid and shut off power indefinitely and globally or in large sections. And the people that are afraid of this and also of kind of a government crumble, especially in these political times in America... are not who you would think nope. are people that buy into conspiracy theorists. I read an article, a long and super interesting article on um, The New Yorker, which I'm sorry I left the paper at work, but we can put in the show notes what the title of this article was. And he was prepping. And maybe work. a link to it. I was prepping at work. Um, that there are a lot of people in Silicon Valley yeah. that are major preppers And they're very rich, and they are very well prepared for an apocalyptic situation. Uh, uh, And they are able to prepare for several scenarios. They can be prepped for a a plague outbreak, a cyber hack, anarchy, or a natural disaster. So, and a lot of these CEOs don't like to be named because they don't, for two reasons, they don't want to be outed as these preppers. One, because they don't want to get to that stigma of the tinfoil hat wearings prepper. And two, they don't want people to know that they have all these resources if shit hits the fan and then a mob's coming for their mansion. And I also don't want to know a company that they run because then right. I'm thinking differently of well, that part company. Of the stigma part. Yeah, of course, but just my thoughts. Yeah. yeah. So some of them were, for instance, like 
one CEO said that he has a house in New Zealand and a helicopter gassed at all times. Another CEO said he has several motorcycles uh, because I never thought about it before, especially in a natural disaster situation like the wildfires in Mm -hmm. California last year, traffic was insane because everyone's trying to evacuate. If you have a motorcycle, you can just zip through all that. You can't take your possessions, but you can get out. Another guy was only in his 30s and, you know, had. this was the co-founder of Reddit, by the way. I can't remember his name right now, but he talked about how he got LASIK surgery done because he's needed vision correction his uh-huh. whole life and he really believes that an anarchy or apocalyptic situation is on the horizon and he doesn't want to be dealing with glasses and contacts. He wants to see and go. And he had motorcycles and stuff too. So it's like, wait a second. Oh, and they also said in this article that the reason these Silicon Valley guys are already changing the world, these are future thinkers who are not afraid to think of things being very different in the future, which is how they create these amazing ideas that change our lives from a technological standpoint. Uh But they're also not afraid to envision a world in which the world is falling apart and they got to go. Is the founder of Reddit the guy who's married to Serena Williams? He, it said he was a co-founder, like, in the original. I don't think he's currently a CEO. Got it. Co-founder, and he's a CEO of some other company now. Got it. Not to get in the weeds about that. No, but, but I was just thinking to myself, Serena Williams in, like, a bug out bag. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's where I kind of went with it. She's like, I have one tennis racket. Please. He's like, no, we don't need it. We need room for no more guns. <laughs> like, but I need to let off some steam right. in the apocalypse. Well, so I think that all of this really made you and I start to think, I mean, should I have more than two cans of chickpeas in the house? Right. Especially when I was like, okay, norm, what I would call normal people or elite people uh-huh. are prepping. Like, maybe I should stop making so much fun and do I need to be... Okay. So when we did the Flat Earth episode, nothing that I learned changed my mind that the Earth is round, right? No. And I didn't think that anything about you know learning about prepping would change my mind. But it did for me. <laughs> me too. I mean, in watching the video from The New Yorker and how they reference that when it comes to prepping for a potential nat- natural disaster, you should expect to have at least 72 hours worth of stuff on you. 96 to be super safe. And that made me really think that, like, we think we're cute with our flat of water. What <laughs> if something happens and we're out of water for a couple of days? We should have, like, five flats of water. And, you know, from... July to November, and then come December 1st, we crack it open and start drinking our waters. But what would it hurt to just make sure in these situations? Now, Orlando, we're super lucky. Sure. I think, you know, it would be very difficult for us to get a Cat 5, but also knock on wood. But what about the cyber hack or the power outage? Exactly. If somebody, you know, hacks in and takes out Orlando. First of all, if you take my fucking Wi-Fi, take my life. What am I supposed to do? We'll get to it a little bit. Read a paper book? Part of me is like, well, if we all have to camp now until civilization starts over, uh, how fast does that meteor hit? Right? (laughs) But yeah, I do think that, you know, if you um, are listening and you're in an area that could have any kind of natural disaster, which apparently is all of the United States, turns out it's all of the United States, just wouldn't hurt, I guess. (laughs) Okay, so we got a little scared and we started thinking about prepping and maybe we should be a little bit more serious about just having some sort of basic survival 
um, things always at hand. But then we also, Erica, we both listened to this great podcast oh, called So Good. So great. It was called Doomsday with host Wendy John. And she is essentially a myth buster of all potential apocalypse conspiracy theories. And she is so great at it. Delightful. She's a delight, you guys. After listening to all these other podcasts, it was a breath of fresh. Because I was feeling a little dark, weren't you? Yes. So as I was saying, it was a breath of fresh air to listen to her, like, bubbliness, her great audio, and her interjecting her interviews with people who are preppers and her kindness to them. Mm -hmm. Truly asking them to help her understand what does it take to be a prepper. And it was so good. And they're quick. Would you say 20-ish minutes? Yeah. Maybe 40 every now and then, but a really fun podcast to listen to. She put out about 20 episodes back in 2017, and that's all there is to it. But so she, like you said, kindly brings actual preppers on, asks them what their fears are are, and how they are preparing for them. But also, as a career, she's a scientific journalist. Yeah. So she also interviews doctors and scientists and yeah. debunks the, the fear, the rising fear and anxiety yeah. of certain um, apocalyptic scenarios. Yeah. So do you want to run a few of those down? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so... Um, I listened to a lot of the episodes, not all of them, but her very last episode is called Doomsday Roundup, mm-hmm. where she kind of goes back through and um, sort of like Mythbusters, she's like, this, busted, mm-hmm. and this, eh, maybe we should be afraid of it. Totally. So for instance, one of her episodes talked about North Korea versus the US. Yeah. For years now, we've been- Quick keep- question, I cannot mm-hmm. recall if we said she's from Australia. Yes. Yeah, she's Australian. She's Australian, so a lot it. of the stuff- it might be outside of her world, but she's still so intrigued by it. Right. And she's so delightful with that accent. Oh, so cute. But anyway, she was talking about the rising nuclear tensions in one of her episodes between mm-hmm. North Korea and the United States of America. And, you know, we have been truly afraid of there have been missile tests towards... Poor Hawaii you know, with that Hawaii Hawaii And, um, you know, other... Just, yeah, it's scary. Uh, the media stirs us all up, but in all reality, she had some scientists on that said, while they may have uranium in North Korea and they may be working to develop, there is no way that they have enough of an enrichment program to turn that into a real significant nuclear weapon. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know, I've heard enrichment program in relation to nuclear stuff before, say that like it is like a outside of my term. realm. Evidently, when you get pure raw uranium, that is very explosive and dangerous. Doesn't Hillary Clinton have that? <laughs> Just Potentially. kidding. <laughs> but there's a certain process you need to go through, which yeah. they don't put on the internet on purpose, no. to enrich that to make it this, like, death bomb. Yes. And they're like, look, North Korea really doesn't have that. They can go pew pew into the sea, uh-huh. but they really can't. And it's, even if they obliterate a part of the United States of America, it is certain death for them. Yeah. If they were to launch, launch a course. missile. And they have to know that. So a North Korea nuclear a war, we don't really need to worry about that. No. Be on your guard, but... So, the cyber hack fear. This one's legit, I feel like, sometimes. Okay, but... Yes. Did you listen to that cyber hack episode? So, they talked about, first of all, most of the hackers out there are amateurs and are kids, trying to see what they can do to do it. And she talked on the episode to the... um, 
the professional that she had on about, look, not all hackers are out there to create havoc. Mm -mm. There are a lot of hackers that do that fucking Westboro church that come to... Um, any inappropriate thing. Yeah, yep. they, they come in like they get hacked and everybody's like, ha ha, yeah. Now we have to be cool and just, you know, realize that, that could turn on us. Totally. But um, to take out the entire power grid, <laughs> the way her guest hilariously said it, it's not the Death Star. It's say. not like you line up your shot, in, you know, yeah. until the one weakness and everything goes... Because there's got to be... Thousands of power grids. Exactly. So if one goes out, the other ones are still lit. Exactly. It's a- I was in the um, power grid outage back in 2003 that affected New York City, mm-hmm. and it started to affect parts of Pennsylvania. So when New York City lost that brownout, that brownout. Yeah. So I mean, like that's it's terrifying. So, and as she pointed out, if you're on life support, not great. Not the best. Uh, But as far as a global apocalyptic event, it's not going to happen. It's absolutely not going to happen. You know, we just experienced the Equifax breach here uh, a couple of years ago, which was a gigantic hack. Yes. Six million people's stuff. Still waiting on my $125 check. Still waiting on that. But even that didn't create some sort of a financial meltdown or, you know, several of us have had to deal with personal identity theft and it's a pain in the ass, but it's not a global apocalyptic situation. Yeah. So a cyber hack, really? Not it. Not it. Not it. The B-pocalypse. This one is good. This one was good. You want to talk about it? No, you got you got the notes. Go well, for it. Well, just that there is a threat out there of global famine yes. based on the bee population becoming endangered. Yes. And we do not give them enough credit for the pollination they do to keep yeah. our to keep our food supply yes. in working order. And she I've got I look at my notes. I say maybe question mark. Oh no. She was saying and the projections on if if bees go extinct at the rate that they're going, yes. some scientists project we'll see a three to eight percent um, hit to our agriculture, uh-huh. and some people are, are are saying up to eighty percent. Yeah, and really, we don't have enough data to know. No. So, guys, the bee apocalypse. Let's actually keep that yes. one on and our radar. I love that she went from the is it the apocalypse <laughs> or is it a bee apocalypse? Because she's adorable. She's so adorable. But no, this is one that. You know, people have been talking about for a while, like, we need to save the bees. I get it. They can be annoying, but it's part of the true circle of life. Yeah. And we need to recognize that everybody is here for a certain reason. Right. And if you take out one tiny little insect... It's the butterfly effect. It's the butterfly effect. It really is. It can change everything. Absolutely. So natural disasters, superstorms, volcanoes, tsunamis... Those are always, unfortunately, going to happen. Yeah. And they are going to be globe, uh, locally devastating, but globally, not so much. Mm-hmm. And those com- communities we've seen over and over rebuild, not to diminish the loss of life. That's horrible. There are scenarios with, like, a super volcano, which uh-huh. evidently has happened before, where... Do you even remember back... Um, I can't remember what year it was, but within the last decade... Some over in Europe, yeah. Some ash blew yep. up, and like Iceland was dark for like yes. months, just ash floating in the air. Yeah, and they said, like, what in the 1800s or something, there was like mm-hmm. a year without summer, a volcano erupted, erupted and the ash just hung. And uh-huh. all summer long, it was dark and cold. And yep. I'm sure people had horrible after effects oh, from God, how absolutely. 
So while, and again... Let me think about Pompeii. That actually was apocalyptic. So while that's terrible, and that could happen to a region of the Earth... It's to a region of the Earth. It's not Armageddon. That's exactly. It's terrible, but it's not Armageddon. Totally. This one was interesting. A solar flare. And they talk about that a lot in the news, and like... Yeah. Meteorologists, or just, you know, the Bill Nye's of the world... Evidently, we very narrowly missed one on Earth about a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. But the probability that could happen within the decade is 12%. That's a percentage too high for me. Yeah. So I guess, according to the Doomsday Podcast, a solar flare like this, and she called it, she had another word for it that I don't remember, a scientific term for it, Yeah. Um, happened in 1859, and it made it so it was so bright people couldn't read a newspaper for like two months it was just and you could see the aurora borealis from the united states of america they said back then like the sky was so bright all the time but it was um there was no electrical grid back then but they said if that were to happen now that would be an event that would take out the power grid on a grand scale And on the podcast, she said, this is something we actually need to worry about, guys, because the odds of this happening, like I said, are 12%, and it would impact 20 to 40 million people on Earth, and they could be affected up to one to two years. Yeah. Because that doesn't happen and go away. That happens and sits Uh for a while. So, okay, we need to be a little bit afraid of the bee-pocalypse. Totally. And maybe a little bit afraid of a solar flare. Yes. Um, And also maybe just like a little bit afraid of like a plague. Yeah. Um, so a plague would have to, there, they say there are diseases on earth that we haven't discovered yet. And when we do, we will have no immunity to it and it could rip through. Um, and it would be a disease that would attack you, but not kill you right away because it wants you to carry it (laughs) and infect others. The good news here is that our healthcare system has evolved so much. Even we saw the Ebola breakout in 2014, like, happen but it didn't happen the way it did in the 90s it was able to be contained so much more because we can quarantine those people right away they have systems in place where they can you know look at those people's blood and figure out exactly what's happening and while we may lose people and that's terrible it won't be the bubonic plague of the 1400s whenever that was no and that's why you have to really rely on western medicine and not your young living oils to like (laughs) fix things guys Um, this is erica's personal journey personal journey to stop getting people to like live and die by their mlm to take down essential oils (laughs) i just don't understand why people work so hard for western medicine and a mom of four from arizona is like well i put this oil and do this and my she doesn't have a it under the nose we'll do it it's called Vicks Vapor, a bitch. <laughs> but what she also did great on Doomsday is if you're interested in prepping, is, you know, some things to think about. Get into right. the mindset. You're going to prep. That's going to take some time to get there, you know? And if you do have to go out in the world on your own, are you going to be a meat eater? So learn to hunt. Or are you going to learn to eat the plants? Learn what's poisonous and not. And all of these other different kinds of things that she talks about on her show because. While she's debunking, she's also not being cruel to people who prep. So if you're interested in prepping, she wants to make sure you have the right tools from the right people and listen to scientists and don't listen to the tinfoil hats of the world. Yes. But the, honestly, the chances of a global apocalypse or Armageddon situation, guys, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. No, definitely not. Be ready for an immediate disaster, but yeah, be cool, y'all. Yeah. Is that enough about prepping? I... 
feel like that is because I don't think we are out of the woods yet per the Taylor Swift of it all <laughs> because hurricane season lasts until November, November 30th. 1st. No, November oh, 30th. 30th. Oh, Jesus, I have 29 more days than I thought I did. You do. Damn but it. so we are probably going to stockpile water a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah. the wine is constantly coming into the apartment, so we're I not too, too concerned. But I think at the end of the day, we're a lot more educated on the fact that preppers aren't as crazy as we thought they were. Maybe not all of them. Some of them. Some. Batch it. Batch it. <laughs> well, that's with every group. Yeah. You've got an edge case. It's a bell curve. It's a bell curve. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Can we go to pop-ups? I would love to. And may I go first? Sure. I, f- I feel like you normally go first. I think so. Because you normally do something light. Uh, do you have something like? No, not really, oh, but I'm, I'm excited, and I want to talk about this podcast perfect. that I'm, like, so stoked about. It's a brand new show of, from of, from Stitcher, and the co-hosts themselves, Jessica Bendinger and Michael Seligman. Can I stop real quick? Jessica Bendinger is the screenwriter for the 2000s classic, Bring It On. She's popular. She's cute. Mm-hmm. Get it, girl. Yes. Yes, so, I mean, she's amazing, but the show caught my eye, and I knew that I would love it. It's called Mob Queens. Mob Queens. Cool. Yes. So, Michael... As a New Yorker. Michael is a yes queen gay, and Jessica is an amazing ally. The two of them have been friends for what sounds like decades, Uh and they um, decided to start this podcast because they're, like, obsessed with, like, mob culture, New York City, and learning about the wives of the mobsters. So they have put out five chapters so far, and I just, like, can I just tell you the titles of these shows? Chapter one is called Who is Anna Genovese, who is the mob queen uh, that was married to Vito Genovese. You'll learn all about it. Chapter two is called Fuck, Mary Kill. Chapter three is Private Dicks. Chapter four, Vesuvi, Yes! And chapter five, Cheers Queers. So basically this mob queen, Anna Genovese, who was married to Vito Genovese back in the 1930s, became a kingpin for drag getting off its feet in New York City. and, And making the first successful drag clubs in New York City with mob money and... Uh, the story is fascinating. I can't even go too much into it because first we're running long and second, you have to listen to it for yourselves. Yeah. You guys, please look up Mob Queens. That sounds so fun. Yes. I'm loving it. I'm dying for the next episode to come out. Right. I don't blame you. Next chapter, sweetie. Chapter. You're right. <laughs> what do you got? So there's a thing that I love so much and I talk about it sporadically on this show. I mean, of course I love things like kids baking championships, true, true, but true. there's like... In my soul. Yeah. I love a Hallmark Christmas movie. Oh, we all know that you do, sweetie. We've talked about it here. So Bubbly Sesh is the official Hallmark (gasps) podcast that I had no idea about. I am so happy for you. I'm so happy too. Oh my God, this is just for you. Honey, it's for a lot of people. I know, Um, but specifically for you. So Shawani and Jacqueline are the hosts and it's truly the official Hallmark podcast. And an episode might do a recap of a new movie that popped out, and Cameron Candace Bure, whose star <gasps> is going to be there to the talk queen, about the recap. The, the queen, queen of Hallmark. Hallmark movies. So I listened to episode 
2019 Christmas first look. They had, I mean, Hallmark is so cheese balls. They had like an entire like two hour long episode on TV with Lacey Chabert doing mini previews of all of the Christmas movies coming. The princess. The Hallmark princess. Well, the Hallmark princess. Lady Chabert. <laughs> Lady Chabert. So they were just like were going through all of these different movies and they invited two super fans who are kind of the admins of a Hallmark Facebook group. Yeah. And I have to say. You joined the group? No, I did not. Um, I'm not going to get a gossip there. My mom likes her goss. Um, I like the tea hot and piping. But the best thing about this podcast is how kind everybody was. Aww. Like when they were talking about a movie, they'd be like, oh my God, that actress, oh, not only is she stunning and I've met her in person, she's so beautiful. She she is kind of, what a phenomenal actress she is. Which like, people don't use that word with Hallmark movies, like phenomenal, phenomenal actress. But like, they were just like <laughs> running through all of the different movies coming up for Christmas and they were like, is it November 1st yet? And I was like, yeah, no, is it November 1st yet? Like, I'm so excited to, like, love a movie and then get my basically, like, housewife recap out of it, but, like, in a Hallmark level. Yes. And so if you love Hallmark movies, you have to check out Bubbly Sesh. It is, I think, I didn't realize the popularity of it is out of control. And that's wow. on me. That's what? really on me for not knowing sooner. It's okay. You know, the podcast world is vast. It's vast. It's and constantly growing. While we may be experts, we don't know it all. We learn a little more every day. Right? Exactly. Like we always say. We're not here for a long time. We're here for, <laughs> We're a, good for a good time. And we like what we like. And what we like is putting out this podcast every week. Absolutely. And since there's no impending hurricane and uh, no weather updates, ideally we'll be back next week with another great show. Unless Armageddon comes. Well... Fingers crossed it doesn't. Uh, I'm I'm rooting for us to survive at least <laughs> yes. one more week uh, to bring you episode 81. But in between, uh, come over and visit us on our socials, guys. Remember, we're at Podcast RWD on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, check us out on Facebook at Podcast Rewind. Yep. I'd say email us, but like, I don't know, I'd rather you just text. Yeah, just kidding. Just DM us, <laughs> just guys. DM us. It's way quicker. Slide into those DMs, but most importantly, no matter what you guys do this week, do not forget to be kind and rewind. Bye-bye. Bye, y'all.